0: Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. My guest this week is a playwright Neil LeBute, who is uh, one of the finest working playwrights uh, in America today. And, and uh, hello, Neil, how you doing? Hello, Tom, how are you? Great. Uh, tell us about "In the Forest, Dark and Deep," the, your new play that is premiering at Profiles Theater here in Chicago.
1: Um, In a Forest, Dark and Deep is a play that uh, I originally mounted myself, I directed in London last year, around this time, and um, when it came time to decide on on where to premiere it in the U.S., I thought uh, it would be nice to to try and see if it could work at Profiles. Um, It's a theater that I'd worked with a number of times on, on various shows, and they did a season of my plays one year, and I, I put some short plays together to kind of create a new evening. And I've I've done a couple of uh, evenings with you know talk backs with audience and, and read some new work. So I, I've I've liked what they've been doing, the the kind of theater that they are, the kind of work that they do, not just mine, but but the the work of course that they're they're drawn to. So um, it's been a nice connection because I've I've kind of started out doing theater in in the Chicago area and. Um, it's nice to, I, and I love small theaters where you can be in close contact with an audience. So it seemed like a natural fit, and so I felt it would be nice to give them an American premiere rather than, uh, you know, having them do a, a second or third uh, show mounted rather than, than than the first one. Well,
0: that's showing quite a, a trust in the work that uh, Daryl and Joe have been doing there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it 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 the proof is in the in the work they. um... Their aesthetic has remained strong, and they're hungry to, to do new things and to to spread their wings as well. I mean, they've moved into a new space. That's where they're doing uh, this play. And so I appreciate their personal drive and conviction to doing theater that's important to them and, and to uh, with a uh, with community that, that they believe in and, and feels, reciprocates, and, and appreciates their work. So it's nice to be able to, to work with people you like and you trust uh, in a business that can often be very, um, you know, kind of an open door. A lot of you work with a lot of people just one time in your career, and, and there's constantly new faces, and you're in new locations. So it's great to to uh, talk to some old friends and, and hear familiar voices.
0: Yeah, Tell us a little about, without giving away too much, obviously, uh, about In the Forest, Dark and Deep. Uh, I, I, I think it's... It's a suspenseful mystery.
1: Well, I hope that's there. You know, I think it, it probably starts as a as a kind of uh, drama, a sibling play. Um, it's I, I got a, the idea to um, create not a companion piece, but a, um, another play about siblings. I had done one a couple of years ago. In fact, the profiles um, performed were called uh, "In a Dark, Dark House," and. Um, So even when it came time to name this play, I I tried to give something that gave a similar echo to that. But this was about a a brother and sister this time. And um, so while it's uh, maybe familiar territory for for anyone who who goes to the theater or watches television or movies, uh, siblings can, you know, family has been the genesis of a lot of of good material on on stage and screen. And and, uh, so was the case here. I, I put people who knew each other really well but didn't necessarily... Um, like each other. They probably love each other without liking each other so much and uh they stay away from each other. And so a sister would ask a brother to come help clean out a, a property that they that she and her husband own and uh get it ready for some new tenants. And in the time that the brother is there, he begins to feel that all is not truthful in terms of the story that the, the sister is telling about the the house. And it's kind of a cabin in the woods. It's a little bit of a, um, it definitely has a, a mysterious quality to it. I think there's a, about a third of the way through, it becomes more of a suspense tale about what, what the truth is and, and, um, what will happen between these two people. So, uh, I've tried to kind of ride the rail between drama and mystery. And there's some kind of good old fashioned devices there of thunder and lightning and lights going out. And, uh, it was something that I hadn't worked in, but I appreciate, uh, I think in in the past year or so, I've been working on an adaptation for film of an Agatha Christie. And, and perhaps some of that has come, you know, through my, my own work. And I thought it would be a place that I, I hadn't spent any time yet and, and would enjoy doing. So I, uh, I created this story.
0: Well, it certainly it comes off as I get and you you stole my line. I was going to say it comes off that way, <laughs> but obviously, it, and in the production, have you seen the Chicago production yet? I have not yet. No, okay. you're gonna you're gonna be uh, pleased and surprised uh, that the technical element, you know, in their new space, yeah, is it, they've just upped the ante quite a bit, and, and it works it works really well. Uh, you're going to be impressed.
1: Fantastic! I, I can't
0: wait. I also. Uh, Really believe that the way you've developed the characters and the way Natasha Lowe and Daryl Cox uh, present your characters, you know, Daryl's character is you, you hate him at the beginning. He's just this he's this this ignorant slob, and he's sort of attacking his sister, and we wonder what's going on until the shift.
1: Well, I, I like that sort of thing. I like when when people. I think we do it in our own lives. I think people. You know, you take a read on, on someone that you meet or hear about and and um, you think you know them. You think you know a person, uh, even someone you've been around for a long time, and there, there are elements of them that you may ultimately never know. And so I, I like the idea of creating characters that you feel one way about and perhaps that changes drastically over the course of, you know, an evening, 90 minutes or two hours with them. Um Daryl's work I'm familiar with. He's a real powerhouse, and, and uh, just a pleasure to watch. And he's really filled the shoes of a number of my uh, characters, and I'm very happy to have the, the character of Bobby in his hands. Natasha, I don't know, only by reputation, and the reputation is really strong. So she certainly, as soon as I heard who it was, struck me as the right kind of person for the character of Betty, and so I'm, I'm excited to see the two of them uh, oh, yeah. mix it up on the stage. Yeah, and the shifts. You know, first, we don't like Daryl, and then all of
0: a sudden... We see that he's he's kind of an honorable guy, and and he's he is searching for the truth. And she comes off at the beginning as this goody-two-shoes professor type, and then we see there's more to her.
1: Yeah, well, that's great. That's I uh, hope what should be there, and um, I think you know played well, you know, with an audience who's game to to follow the the cat and mouse. I think you you can have a really nice uh, nice time in the theater watching the the mystery elements that you've mentioned, but also just that. Thread that runs through it of two people who, who are, are kind of uncomfortable around each other as people often are in families because so much uh, about them, themselves is known by by those other members of the family and uh, and it makes it you know it's hard sometimes to sit with the truth and uh, and so I think that um, hopefully they're they're they feel like well-rounded characters and and have a lot of that gray space that I like in at in, in least characters, if not real people, um, the idea that, that, you know, we are not good or bad, but we're a very interesting mix of, of all the things that, that make up uh, human beings.
0: Yeah, and I can tell you, I did not see the play on opening night because of a schedule conflict, and sometimes that's good because uh, we didn't have that, you know, friends of the theater kind of audience. We ha- I had a, 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 what I call a much more truthful audience of of people that just you know, they either follow you or they follow profiles or they just come out to see a night of entertainment. And they went along with it. They they were really into the play.
1: Well, that's fantastic. Uh, it, it, it's one of those things that you kind of, in your heart, you wish that uh, people who reviewed plays came, you know, midway through or toward the end of a run because you get a much truer picture of, of how the show has come together and gelled over the course of however many performances. It's really tricky when you go from a few previews often you're you move into a space only a couple of days before uh, an audience will come in and you and you check the show you sort of stop running it from the rehearsal room and and do the technical run and and your dress rehearsal and everything's happening quickly there you're just getting into the space and you're just getting your costumes and just starting to work with the lightning in this case and uh, and then an audience is there and, and within a couple of days uh, people start writing things, or blogging, or tweeting, or whatever they do, and, and uh, that's you understand the process because it gets the word out, and, and that hopefully builds an audience and brings people in. But you, you you would love to have people, I think, you know, see a show after an, the actors have had a chance to really begin to play off of each other. So uh, that's when I love. I you know, I I never stop working with a show when when it's mine. Just because, okay, we've got our reviews now, it's you know the thing is ever evolving, and those are the best actors that I've worked with are the ones who gosh, sometimes a week before you close come to you and say, "You know what, I just realized something this is a great thing I want to try tonight, and I really respect that in somebody who you know is not just put it into neutral and is gliding toward the next job, but they really every night go out there and give it their all.
0: you know, I agree with you and 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 your thing about about not. Seeing it early, seeing it later. I wish we could do that, but as you know, in Chicago, there's so much theater going on; it's it's kind of hard to do. It.
1: And the, well, and sometimes the show only runs a couple of weeks, so I, yeah. I do understand.
0: Yeah, and and again, they want the word out because we're their best form of advertising. Absolutely. You know, so it's it's a dilemma, but it's delightful when I have the opportunity to to see a show either a second time or due to schedule conflicts, it, it's a little bit later. And every time I do, it's always better.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's almost inevitable. I mean, as I suppose there are those shows that that do get into a place, you know, that you could pick a a certain night in the run of Phantom of the Opera and go, wow, they they really seem to <laughs> just be putting it into, you know, uh, into neutral and 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 walking through this. But um, I think a lot of a lot of great actors really always give it their uh, their best every night. I know that. The, the guy who originated the role of, of Bobby in, in London, Matthew Fox, uh, was someone who hadn't done a lot of theater in the past, um, or in the past few years anyway. And uh, he amazed me from the first reading we did to his last performance. He just went 100% all the time and every matinee, every performance, you know, if he couldn't feel the audience there, he worked harder and you could feel it. In their appreciation of him, they they could feel a guy who who never let up and you know was always like the character himself, always digging for the truth.
0: Well, that's that's a testimony to him, and it's a testimony to your writing too. Uh, uh, I I really think, particularly in this show, but in in many of your shows, you really understand people and understand how to develop characters, and that, and that's a craft.
1: It really is. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That's you know it, it is it is great to. Uh, to hear that about because you are trying to, to make something that, while it is an entertainment and it's, you know, something that's, that's a lie and it's on the stage, but it is meant to be as, you know, accurate and, and seem as real to an audience as possible. And, and you know, every so often you do hear, I, I've heard even on, on, on this show, you know, um, one or two people say, and I'm sure there, there are more out there, but, um, you know, you don't write good female characters or, you know, they're always this kind of thing or... Um, so you, you know you always get to hear a, a wide range of, of reactions to things, and so it's it 's always nice to hear that something does feel like fully realized, and that you know with the help of actors and a, a good director that they do come off as 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 real people because that's uh that's what you shoot for and when you're when you're not a woman you know for instance it's it's always great to hear that yes, you can write that as well but um
0: well, anyone who doubts that you can write uh women characters, which i don't agree with at all. It has to see this play and and, and see how you develop Betty. Well,
1: oh, good. I, I'm glad that, it, you know, in your opinion, it's coming off well.
0: Yeah, it, it, but I mean, it, it, she's a fully rounded character. Uh, you know, is, is that... That's just not, you know, that's just not the case. I mean, I go back to shows like you did, like Fat Pig. Yes. And and I, I thought your, your character development there was just fantastic. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's a... It's a show that I, I certainly I certainly like, but uh, there's a couple of characters in there that I'm really you know I'm fond of the the journey that they make in there, and, and Helen, the uh, one of the leads from that show, is, is a really fun character that a lot of actresses have responded well to. And um, but it was funny that uh, in that show, I think the the journey of of the other character Tom was the one that that ultimately um, was kind of unexpected to me. How he you know tried to kind of break out of the Confines of what what society wanted him to be and uh, wasn't brave enough. You know, it was, a, it was another version of the kind of weak men that I've I've spent a lot of time writing about, and, and that weakness often manifests itself in a lot of ways. You know, in rage, and anger, and bullying, and in, in sullenness, in, in, uh, and in weakness, and that was certainly the case in, in that character. That I don't think you walked away hating him, but you felt sorry for him in a way because he couldn't. Be with the woman that he wanted to to be with because he felt that the pressure of society.
0: Yes, yeah, I I, I agree, and very much so. So that gets, leads me into uh, how you select what you're going to write about. You know, the, the, the other themes or topics that that at different times you know, either bother you or just speak to you that you have to put down on paper.
1: Probably more stories or characters. You know, I, I don't think that themes tend to not be the thing while while everything I think that I've, I've written in some way or another has a theme or, or possibly more than you know one or two themes running through them but I I, I tend not to think in those terms I don't I don't usually think oh I'd love to write about uh, race or I would love to write about you know bullying or, or you know uh, I don't I don't tend to think in those terms Um sometimes it, it never seems to be the same way that I come upon a story um, it usually is just from my own imagination I, I rarely have pulled from from personal history or from stories that I hear about other people uh, okay, you know I'm sure occasionally things get in there that um, are, are from your past or, or a, a conglomeration of, of ideas both fictionalized and, and then from reality but but for the most part, I, I can say that the stories that I've, I've created have been from my own imagination, and so where those come from, I don't know. But when, they, when I do find one, and I kind of think about it for a while and, and wrestle with if it's – I try and poke as many holes through it as possible to start, and if I can't get rid of the idea, if I can't, you know, say, no, this just doesn't work, uh, I tend to sit down and start writing it. So. I'm not sure is the answer. I guess to exactly how it works, but uh sounds uh, like
0: you get haunted a little bit by some of these.
1: Uh, you know, I think I think writers do. I think you, you know, whether it's sometimes you're haunted by a true story and uh, other times it's by your own your own mind. But that, that's probably a, a good a good word for it. You know, that you you've, you've put on it. I think haunted is a way because it does sort of take you over. I know that when I when I do, I consider myself writing all the time because I'm I'm either working in my head or I'm working, you know, on a machine or on paper. But uh, in the end, it sort of takes you over in a way that that's what you want to be doing. You just really want to sit down and write. You don't want to go to the movies. You don't want to go off to dinner all the time. You just really want to, and for me not to want to go off to dinner, I know, you know this is serious, you know, so <laughs> I must have found something that I should, I should really sit down and, and commit to paper. So, so uh,
0: as a lot of the great artists are, these ideas just just envelop you, and you just you kind of have to write.
1: Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, I I, I do feel you know it, it, it may be in you know quotes have to write, but it, it it does feel that way. You feel very compelled to to see where that story goes, and part of it for me is 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 just that is I'm not always sure what the entire story is, or how it will end, or or how you will get there, and. And the best writing that I've done, I think, has been in that way, that I, I kind of feel my way in the dark to various points and go, oh, this is the, oh, that that's what that's supposed to be, and oh, those characters. Even even the story that's uh, presently showing it, Profiles, in A Forest Dark and Deep, didn't start as a, a sibling story. The the original idea that I had were two friends um, who were cleaning out an apartment and, uh, and when I started to think about the idea and, and what would blossom from that idea, how, how deep the mystery would be and what the one person was asking of, of the other, I realized that the bond would have to be so strong there between those friends that it really made sense to, to take that a step further and make them that bond, a blood bond and to make them a brother and sister. Do the characters, uh, sort of talk to you? talk to you talk through you you know yeah. I, it's not like speaking in tongues but it's yeah, You know, I mean do they take over they, they do at times in that when you I think when it really gets going you, you know sometimes you you'll look down at a page and you think wow where did that idea come from because you have branched off you know where you were headed in the scene and then suddenly someone has a you know a, a half of a page monologue about a subject that that you really weren't thinking about when the day started and yet it works and it makes sense and it ties back to something else. So there's a kind of subconscious level on which a lot of times I find myself working that, that in in the right groove, um, it's it's me and, you know, other people in the room. We're, we're kind of putting it down together and uh, it, that, not to sound too precious about it or, or make it sound, you know, very mystical, but there are, there are those moments where you kind of snap out of it as it were and you go, huh, that's weird, that's that's cool where that came from. I had no idea that that's where I was going to go with that scene.
0: It's a creative um, process, is it, what it's you a, say?
1: It's a Yeah, and it's a mysterious process that I, I actually would prefer to keep that way. It can also lead to a lot of dead ends where you write a lot of pages and they just aren't making perfect sense, or um, you just keep writing character and the plot isn't working. Uh, but I would probably be willing to continue doing that if the percentage remains where it is. That the percentage of stuff that you actually finish and that you like and that seems to make an audience feel kind of the same way when it's working, that they're watching it and hoping and wondering what's going to happen next. Um, that's, That's worth running into a few walls blindly. Do you save any of that blind wall stuff? Oh, sure, yeah. And, 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 and it comes back to you in, in
0: another context? Or the, another may, you know, but
1: it's I, I don't look at it as, oh, maybe I'll get something out of that one day. Sometimes you go mm-hmm. back and so, often I'll even just go back and look at a file because I have no idea what that title means anymore. You know, I'll just be like, well, what is that title? I, I don't even know what that that is meant to be. So I'll look inside and think, oh, there's a couple of interesting pages. There might be something I use. Um, but it, to me, it's just part of the process. It's It's, you, you set out with the best intentions, and, and uh, you either get to where you're going or you don't, and then you start off on another voyage. So it's, it's never really wasted time or, or work to me. I, I might get something out of it, but I, it was a pleasure to do. I love writing, and um, sometimes it leads to, to really good things.
0: Well, i got to ask you this, because uh, if I don't, I'll be shot down by a bunch of people. How did you get involved in writing in, as a playwright? Um,
1: it it was kind of a gradual process from, from probably around high school on. I grew up in Washington State and, um, I was born in Detroit, but I grew up in Washington State and so there there wasn't a real, uh, strong background of theater in in the community that I grew up in. There was a civic theater and there was some in school, but, uh, I took the courses at, at school, um. But I started writing monologues for myself for class and trying to sneak them past the, uh, the teacher as, as somebody else's work, you know, as the work of a, of a working playwright. And um, so that was my first kind of subterfuge and, and, and uh, sense of accomplishment and, and having a, a finished piece. And did then I started writing them for other friends. Did it work, though? It did, yeah I, it yeah. uh I, I really never got caught doing that, so that
0: gave you sort of the reinforcement hey, I can do this huh?
1: it, it it uh it yeah, you know that you sort of feel that the accomplishment of, of actually finishing something and then and then doing that work and and people believing the story behind it and and so that really kind of sparked that that first interest in in seeing those words. Come alive on stage, and, and very quickly, I also wanted them to come alive through somebody else because I, I, while I did some acting when I was younger, because that was just the avenue you took, um, in class, you know, you, you were, it was an acting class, and the teacher was the director, and even for the school plays, that, that teacher would, would then pick the, the season of three or four plays for the school. So, there weren't many opportunities, as I say, you know, I, I didn't grow up in New York where there might be writing programs, or, you know, uh, it was a very blue collar, uh, world that I came from. So there, there wasn't anyone in my family pushing for me to do that or, uh, uh, coming from, you know, uh, a career of that in, in our, in our past. So it really was something that just spoke to me in some small way as a, as a young person and, uh, and I stuck with it. And you ended up at,
0: in Brigham, at Brigham Young?
1: I did, yeah. I went to Brigham Young and I went to a couple of different colleges. So I went to Brigham Young and University of Kansas. Uh, and then NYU eventually.
0: That, that's quite a variety.
1: <laughs> it is. I kind of worked my way across the. It makes it sound like I got kicked out of all of them, but I, I didn't actually. I, I graduated from all of them.
0: Well, you, you know, you're writing. Uh, it, it's so language oriented and 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 in in the vernacular of how people really speak. That that uh, I think that helps an awful lot. Well, how did you arrive at that voice that you seem to have now?
1: Well, I, I think you know, you, like everyone, you struggle to uh, to find what what that is going to be, and and you admire certain people, and you try and write a somewhere in that that box of of old plays is no doubt a, a, a an attempt at an Apple Fugard and a Wallace Shawn and a Carol Churchill and a Pinter and a Mammoth and a Shepherd and you know you you try those things out, a Noel Coward, and you know you realize you can't write in blank verse. Um, and so you, you know, you somehow kind of stumble toward your own thing. And, uh, then I, I, I love this sort of theatricality of, of, of language that was, would go on the stage. But, but then this attempt to make it sound the way people really talk. And, and so I'm, I'm quite careful about writing those pauses and, and the way we double back in thoughts or fit, you know, don't finish sentences or, um and and yet I'm, I think I'm rather good in in the moment. By by the moment, I mean in a rehearsal room, um, to not be very precious about it. To to only want to keep the best stuff and and then create new stuff if necessary. Or if an actor has a, a great idea, or the director says this just doesn't seem to work, I'm I'm quite open. Even if things have been performed or published, um, I've I've done that more than once. And even with profiles, I had them ask about you know. What about if we lost this or if we created something new for this moment? Um, I just think that the, that's the fun of the process is that you get a chance, unlike movies. I mean, there there are occasions where you movies get remade. I've, in fact, done that myself now in, in that part of my career. But uh, on stage, you, you get a chance perhaps to see multiple productions of things. And so it's it's great when you're involved with them to be able to kind of make the thing work not just as a piece of theater into itself but for that particular group of people well that shows you
0: understand the process because it's it's all you're not married to all the words it, it, it is a, a process of of the director the actors the writer everybody the lighting guy everybody's contributing yeah, to, I, to the work
1: i appreciate the collaboration i, I i've met authors who are far more particular than i am about that who who really don't want you to change anything and and feel that, that their work is complete and many of those works you know i feel quite good about i think they're they're very good and so if that's the way that the author approaches that I, i'm not the person to say you, you're wrong it's just not the way that i work and mm-hmm. so you know it's obvious that there are more than one method that can that can work yeah i've
0: got to ask you about this the the uh what you did for taming of the shrew the, the, at Chicago Shakespeare—that yes. intro—tell us about that. It was
1: fascinating.
0: Again, it, was controversial, but that's cool. You know, yeah, yeah. that was—you know—that was
1: fun for me, no matter how it was received or or what people thought. Ultimately, it was a a chance to work on something that you, you normally just wouldn't get a chance to do—is to to couple your words with with Shakespeare, and. Um, I think the director, whom I'd worked with in in London, was really trying to, you know, find a way into to that play that has been troublesome to a lot of people. Taming the Shrew is the play. Yeah, Taming yeah. of the Shrew that that people do find t- today it it more difficult to deal with the um, the kind of sexual and social politics of the of the play. So w- there's a framing not re- people say a framing device, but it doesn't really frame it in in a, in a certain version it does, but but in the most versions that people would read of *Taming of the Shrew*, they'll find uh, a couple of scenes up front uh, where all of this story is filtered through someone kind of having a drunken evening and and um, watching a play that's, that's acted out for them. So we felt, you know, to rather than, than than perform those scenes, the director wanted to try and find a new framework for that, and asked me to write something that would uh, that would the play would sit inside of. And so I, I went with, uh, you know, something a pretty time honored, um, idea of people putting on a plaque and, uh, and using that notion to, um, to frame the story with a, a modern company. And we, we sort of started from the idea of what's the furthest away from the classic idea of, of taming of the shrew of this, of this man, you know, putting this, this woman underneath his heel. And, uh, we kind of, started with the idea of, well, two women together, really. And so we created a a scenario where a female director and her longtime love interest uh, and leading lady uh, were in the middle of doing a production of Taming of the Shrew and and how that would all work out from there. Um, But the journey ended up being a slightly different one even there. We we found that, that it was even further to go if Kate ended up the character of... Kate, or the actress playing that character, ended up on her own at the end. That that she wasn't going to have any of this. That she wasn't going to yeah. bow down to Petruchio, or she wasn't going to bow down to the director. She was going to walk off and and uh, take her life into her own hands. And so um, it was that, like everything, it was a collaboration and a and a, yeah. and, a and a process. But um, I, I really enjoyed, you know, seeing how that all came together. Oh, yeah. Part of it, it
0: worked so well. It was so refreshing to do that. And and I even said, I said, I hope. More modern writers get a chance to do that with with the bard. I mean, wow, that's great company to be in.
1: You know, it was one of those things where you kind of go into it thinking, "I know I'm going to come in second, <laughs> but I you know second's not so bad." So.
0: Yeah, that's true. All right, in the interest of time, because we're, we're running out of time, I again, this is a standard question that, that I love to ask. What are the works? Two questions actually. What are the works you're most proud of? Of, and is there a play, or or uh, a topic that you just have to do in the future.
1: Um, uh, of the work that I'm most proud of, probably. I mean, it's hard hard to pick those kinds. Of right, things, I know it's unfair I question. like. Um, I, I really love the monologue form, and so the times that I've worked in that, uh, I did a play early on called Bash. Yes, that, that's, that I had, saw that at Circle Theater. Okay, that had a you know it has a series of monologues mm-hmm. in it. And, um, I did one that I, well, one that I've, I've done a few times actually with the actor Ed Harris, a play called Rex. Um, that's something that I, I, really, I guess I really, I really liked that working situation with him. We've done it three or four times now in various places in Ireland and New York and California. Um. So that, that was a real pleasure. But I, I like that form, being able to you know really tell a story and hold someone's interest with with a person really essentially just talking. So those plays I, I, I really like for for that thing alone. Um, but I've had a lot of luck and and a lot of pleasure from from doing a lot of things. But but those those I certainly like. I, I do like that. Okay, that what's one the
0: one that you have to do? Is there or or a topic or an idea?
1: I don't know if there is one that that you know that I, that I haven't done yet. That I've, I mean, there are a couple of ideas that are still brewing, you know, and and uh, I guess I haven't fully gotten them to fruition yet. But um there isn't like a well, you know, when all the parties are gone, I'll have to tell that story or anything like <laughs> okay. that. Uh It's it's really because I work from the imagination. I'm kind of at the mercy of what the next idea is going to be.
0: But it seems like you know, you don't seem to run out of them.
1: So far, so good. Yeah,
0: thank you so much, and and uh, folks, make sure you get out to see Inner Forest Dark and Deep at Profiles Theater. It's a it's a it's a wonderful play, and and it's beautifully done. And I think Neil, you're going to come in and see it. Huh? I am, yeah, yeah, great. I think you're going to really enjoy it, and you're going to give uh, uh, the the boys over at Profiles a a pat on the back for it. Excellent. Thanks for your uh, your contribution, and folks, make sure you go see a play this week.